If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Hello, darkness, my old frenemy. There's something so calming about sitting alone in the dark. Just you, your thoughts, the body that you're within. But also, something lurks in the darkness, slithering away just out of sight when you turn on the lights, morphing into the shadows. It watches you even now as you listen to this. Don't allow yourself the illusion of safety because horror can take on many shapes and many faces to lure you into the deep black abyss. First, a room for two becomes a room for more. And then, the true story of a haunted movie theater, followed by our rendition of a classic creepypasta, The Branches in the Wind. And finally, The Cloaks Are Coming. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then, I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share... Send me an email at somethingscary at snarl.com. And if you'd like to support Something Scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help the show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast or weekly video and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Black a vacation right now sounds wonderful, doesn't it? It's a very human need to get away from it all and get out to enjoy nature. It would be a real shame if a quiet vacation is ruined by a merciless, amorphous predator with no regard for your humanity. Jess was certain she felt something watching them from the woods, but her mother tried to convince her otherwise. Don't be silly. It's so beautiful here, sweetie. So relaxing. Nothing bad is out there. This was supposed to be a fun trip to get out of their house and spend some quality time together before school started. But now, all Jess wanted to do was run inside the cabin and hide out under the covers. That night after dinner, it was Jess's job to do the dishes. She turned on the faucet and black gooey water poured out of it, burning her hands. Jess grabbed a towel and called for her mom, but by the time she got there, the water was running clear. It was probably just built up dirt in the pipes and an aggressive water heater, according to her mother, but something inside Jess told her it was much worse. Through the window, she stared out at the shadowy, moonlit wilderness as she scrubbed dishes, and she almost began to think it wasn't so bad there until she felt something watching her again. Only this time, she saw it too. Something slithered through the tree branches, and the more she tried to focus on it, the more dread she felt. Probably just some weird animal. It couldn't hurt her, right? She grabbed her phone to take a picture. It was so dark, it was nearly impossible to photograph the terrifying creature, and it almost looked like it was 
dripping as it moved. No, not dripping, oozing. Finally, Jess couldn't stand it anymore and ran to find her mother in the other room. These are just branches, sweetie. Her mother sighed, looking at the pictures. You're just seeing things. Jess returned to the kitchen window for a better picture, but it was gone. Was it ever there at all? Maybe her mother was right. She decided to sleep it off, but she was too scared to fall asleep. She stared at the dark ceiling of her bedroom deep into the night until suddenly she felt something wet land on her arm. It burned into her and she grabbed her phone and turned on its flashlight. It was like the black water from the sink, but much thicker. Another glob fell from the ceiling and burned into her arm, which she frantically wiped away with her blanket. She jumped out of the bed and shined her light to the ceiling. It was the creature from outside, a black puddle of ooze that clung to the ceiling. She could feel whatever it used for eyes staring back at her, and without warning, it scuttled towards her, trying to spew more of itself onto her. Jess screamed and ran out of her room and into her mother's. They had to get out of here. But when she entered her mother's room, there was a sickening sound coming from the bed. It looked like her mother was tossing and turning from a bad dream. But when Jess shined her phone's light on the bed, she realized her mother was struggling to break free from something. Jess smelled something burning and realized it was her mother, sizzling in another puddle of tar-like black ooze. Help me, her mother gasped. Grabbing her mother's hands, Jess tried to pull her, but the ooze yanked back in a cruel tug of war that Jess wasn't strong enough to win. It slithered up their connected hands and began burning into Jess as well. And finally, she had to let go and watch her mother slide into the dark oblivion of the ooze. Jess cried out and ripped a blanket off the bed, frantically wiping the burning ooze remnants off of herself. She stumbled backwards as the puddle plopped off the bed and onto the floor. It wanted her too. She ran into the hallway and narrowly avoided the ooze from her room, dropping from the ceiling onto the floor in the doorway. She backed away as the two oozes coalesced into one and continued its pursuit of her. She looked to the front door on the other side of the dark living room. It wasn't that far, but how fast was this ooze? Could she outrun it? She felt his eyes on her and she knew it was about to attack. Suddenly, the ooze sprang up from the floor at Jess. Quickly rolling to the side, she managed to dodge it and it splatted into the nearby wall. She took her chance and bolted for the front door. As she made it, she looked back over her shoulder at her pursuer, thus not noticing another puddle of ooze lying in wait in front of the door she was reaching for. It was like the ground disappeared from underneath her as she fell into something much deeper than the puddle appeared to be. Screaming, she managed to grab hold of the floor to keep from submerging completely. She heard the same sickening sizzle, but it was her now as she thrashed and struggled to climb out. The burning was agony, but she refused to give up until she heard her mother's voice. Everything is going to be okay now, sweetie, it said. The soothing words in her mother's voice kept reassuring her over and over again. It's okay now, sweetie. It's okay. Let go now, sweetie. Let go. To the point where Jess couldn't help but wonder if maybe it really was her mother and not just some horrible echo of the creature's digestion. She was so tired. The burning pain just would not stop and eventually that didn't matter. 
just finally surrendered and allowed the ooze to overtake her. It only burned for a moment longer and then she became one with her mother, together forever inside the black ooze. Fed for now, the merciless amorphous predator slithered out of the cabin back into the woods, seeping into the ground to return to its hibernation cycle. The hunting was good here. It would make sure to come back to feed again. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The movie theater offers us all a chance to escape to another world. But as we'll discover from this story inspired by a letter from Julia, some of us never return. Last year, after only a month of working at the old movie theater in my town, I was already tasked with training the new kid, Ozzy. He was real quiet, and we didn't have much to talk about until we were assigned to clean up after the last movie of the night in House 11. It was some slasher movie that I assume wasn't very good, because no one was sticking around for the credits, but that didn't matter to Ozzy. Ozzy loved horror movies— and he was filled with a contagious enthusiasm as he talked about his favorites. Soon, I was talking about mine as well, and before long, we heard the projector give that familiar whirring when it reaches the end of the reel, except somehow the credits were still rolling on screen. Ozzy and I both looked to see a long list of just names. No jobs or roles listed beside them. Suddenly, the image began to warp and melt as if the projector was burning it. Before we could turn away from the screen, the melting image became a sinister, laughing face. The house speakers reverberated with a shrieking noise that sounded like a terrible laughter. The noise grew louder and louder until the projection finally burned away and nothing was left but the white of the screen and eerie silence. Ozzy and I looked at each other in disbelief and ran out of the theater. We tried to tell our night supervisor, but he didn't care. He just wanted to lock up for the night. The next day, we asked the projectionist if he had spliced the reel as a prank, but he just looked at us strangely and denied it. Maybe everyone was hazing us because we were new? Besides, it was Halloween next week. Halloween was legendary at the old theater, and the employee party they threw every year was half the reason I applied for the job. There was pizza in the break room, and they were going to have an employee-only screening of the 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead at midnight, followed by music and dancing in the theater. 
I was excited for the dancing, but Ozzy was even more excited about the movie. As we ate pizza, Ozzy excitedly told me about the making of the movie we were about to watch. Suddenly, we both heard a faraway scream and realized we were the only ones in the break room. We were going to be late for the movie. We hurriedly rushed into the lobby and followed the crowd into House 11. Everyone seemed to be wearing a vintage Halloween costume in line, except for Ozzy and me. I wondered if there was a theme no one told us about. More hazing, probably. It was already dark in the theater, so we grabbed the nearest available seats. The projector began to loudly clack, and the screen began to flash off and on, but there was no movie. As the screen strobed, I heard Ozzy gasp. I don't think we're in the right place. Not understanding, I looked around in horror. When the screen was dark, the theater was empty except for Ozzy and me, but when the screen lit up, it was a full house of burnt bodies watching the show. Some ate burnt popcorn while others even smiled and waved at us. We both stood up and ran for the exit as the entire audience burst into a grotesque laughter. We slammed the door behind us and found ourselves face to face with the owner of the theater. We told her what happened, but she wasn't surprised. Oh, that's just House 11. It was the first house built in this theater, and there was a terrible fire years and years ago that killed everyone inside. We leave it empty every Halloween and play a movie just for the spirits, she said nonchalantly. Everyone sees weird things in there. You'll get used to it. They like the company. It's like you're one of them. Ozzy and I quit the next day. Thank you so much, Julia, for telling us of your movie theater experience. How about our listeners out there? Would you have continued to work at that haunted movie theater? And before you quickly say yes or it's a job or why not be that close to the supernatural, especially if nobody else seemed to be having a problem with them. See, that's the thing because maybe you're the one that they like more. Maybe you're the one that they follow home. Are you still as quick to say yes to working there? Or have you worked at one before? Let us know at somethingscary@snarl.com. And now, our rendition of The Branches in the Wind, an anonymous creepypasta recommended by YouTuber Sean Animations. Finally, I'm home after working a late night. It was all worth it, though, because I have a great day ahead of me. I get to see my son. I finally won the custody battle, so he gets to stay here with me now. I fixed up the spare bedroom for him, and he was already there in bed sleeping, or so I thought. As I lumbered up the stairs, he called me into his room. Daddy, I can't sleep. There's a monster in the window. Monsters, huh? That's original for a kid. Oh, don't worry about that. It's just the tree's branches blowing in the wind. See? I pointed and showed him the branch tapping against the window pane. He trusted me enough to calm himself down, and I kissed him goodnight. It was bedtime for me, too. I was so tired. I could hardly see straight at this point. I walked across the hallway and collapsed into my bed. I had too much on my plate to also be dealing with monsters. I had to register him for school in this district, new clothes and school supplies, and work too. Just as I was finally dozing off, I heard him calling again. 
Man, I love the kid and all, but I needed my sleep. Daddy, the monster is back again, he shrieked. I looked to the window. Nope, nothing but the tree branches. I walked over, and to prove it to him, I opened the window and turned back to him. See, it's nothing but the tree, I told you. Now go to sleep, you got school in the morning. He was still a little scared when I left him in his room, but he would have to learn to not be scared of the dark and let his dad sleep. As soon as I laid down, though, I heard him cry out, I couldn't do this all night. Fine, I'll just sleep in your bed with you. If you see any monsters, just hold tight to me. I called out to him as I grabbed my pillow. I walked into his room, pulled back his red blanket, and lay next to the kid. While I laid there, eyes closed, my mind started wandering. Didn't I buy white sheets for the bed? I looked at my son's slit neck and realized my mistake, and that's when I heard the monster. Except it wasn't tapping at the glass because I had opened the window. As it clawed into me, I couldn't help but laugh. How did I forget I had no trees in my yard? We love the world of creepypasta and find it so inspiring. Often, they really fit the stories we tell here, but we also love reading unique stories of monsters created by you. If you have original tales, send them to us. Imagine a world where death is too busy. A world filled with so much loss that the Grim Reaper needs to recruit help in this story submitted by Mike Lee. It seemed the whole world had gotten sick, not just me. The silence of the morning was broken by the siren of yet another speeding ambulance. I watched as it ignored red lights and raced through abandoned roads. No one came outside anymore. The news reports on the hour every hour gave updates on the sick and the dying. The newsreader wore a mask, his voice muffled by the tightly fitted fabric. I turned up the volume and sat down to listen. Just then, a new study shows burning sage or lining doors with salt could have an effect on stopping the spread of sickness and the appearance of the cloaks. I listened to the report with little interest. Every day there was a new way to stop the increase of disease and the emergence of what authorities had called the cloaks. Some speculated that death had too much work, so he was outsourcing. Either in death or recruitment, they said the cloaks came for everybody eventually, no matter what you did. I could hear coughs and sneezes echoing through our building. Wincing, I took a sip of orange juice as a knock came to our front door. My mother's footsteps were light on the wood outside my bedroom. She must still think I'm asleep, I thought, kneeling to get a good look through my bedroom keyhole. My mother answered the door. Our neighbor, Mr. Henry, stood in the doorway, his mouth covered by an old dish rag. Both kept their distance from one another. They each wiped their hands together incessantly as they spoke. Small bottles of sanitizer holstered on their waistbands. The smell had become standard, a sterile tinge permeating the air. Mrs. Thompson had been the last to go. She had been taken in the middle of the night. Mr. Henry told my mother, Not a good way to go. Not a good way to go at all, Mr. Henry said. I could hear them in Mrs. Thompson's place. She was screaming. It was those damn bloody cloaks, I tell you. They're coming more often now, I realized. 
It seemed like they were working through the whole building. I heard Mr. Henry say he put a horseshoe over his door and assured my mother they wouldn't be coming for him tonight. I laughed at the useless attempt to stop the cloaks. A big mistake as my laughter caused me to cough. With a yelp, I tried to cover it, but my eyes watered as my throat burned and I hacked loudly. My mother apologized profusely and the door began to creak close as she bid Mr. Henry farewell. I heard him say, Everything will be okay, I'm sure. They don't come for the young ones. She closed the door, letting the latch on our side lock itself with a solitary click. Sliding over the polished wood in my bedroom, I sprang into bed just before my mother opened the door. I lay there, pretending, eyes closed, lying on top of my bedsheets. She gave a knowing smile, which I viewed through squinted eyelids. She cleared her throat, playing along with my childish game, and asked how I was feeling. Fine, Mom, I replied, my throat still raw. Good, she smiled and left to bring me a meal, some herbal tea and a sandwich. That night, I struggled to sleep, and once I finally dozed off, I was awakened by the sound of Mr. Henry hollering in agony. I wailed for my mother, hearing her in the next room scrambling for the door. All around me, the other residents awoke alerted by Mr. Henry's shrieks. Below and above me, neighbors screamed and howled. The cloaks, the cloaks are coming. I heard the latch of our front door unlock. I fell to my knees and searched our hallway through the keyhole. The entrance to our home slowly opened. Tiny voices spoke to one another backwards and hushed in a way that could not be understood. I looked on in horror as the darkness approached my mother's bedroom and scratched at her door. The cloaks were shadow and shade, a negative of the people they came to collect. I watched them carry my mother away. My tears filling the keyhole, I heard her scream. I'm not sick. I feel fine. She joined Mr. Henry in the hallway as two shrouds were put on them. They weren't dying. They were new recruits. Their faces disappeared in the mass of their hoods as they now became cloaks. Unable to bear losing my mother, I opened my bedroom door and ran after them. Many cloaks gathered together outside in the street but paid me no mind. Finally, I found my mother and tugged at her new robes. Mom, don't leave me, I cried. Or at least take me with you. What was once my mother turned, and I tried in vain to look into her once-loving eyes, now hidden in deep shadow. No, lad, it's not yet your time yet, but it will be one day soon enough. She turned away from me and disappeared into the mass of her fellow cloaks after that promise, never to be seen by me again. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sabina Graves, Dennis Culver, and Mike Lee. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley and Mari Carlson. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. <laughs>